We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. Today on the show, we've got a special guest. It's Lakers forward Cole Swider. Cole, thanks so much for coming on. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me out here in Mexico City with the G League team. So uh, it's definitely different out here, but I'm excited to be on the show. And uh, and yeah, man, just, just grind it to the season. How is, how is the season treating you? I know that that's a lot of back and forth between the parent club, the Lakers, and the South Bay Lakers, the G League team. How's that been for you? Yeah, it's been good. I, I think the I think the toughest part of the season so far is my, my injury. I had a stress reaction in my right foot that kind of set me out 10 weeks. Uh, I, I thought I was in a good trajectory within the organization, within the, uh, the top team. Um, then, then I kind of had a setback. I had a 10-week setback uh, that, that kind of held back my um, – I would just say my development within within our, our, our top team. So uh, coming back, it, it was tough. I, I was I was with the the South Bay Lakers for about three weeks on a minute restriction, twenty minute minute restriction, and then got got a call up with the Lakers uh, right before Christmas. Went back down and then got a call up again. It was with the Lakers for about two weeks. Got got a little taste of the NBA, the Denver game, um, and then after that, I've just been I've just been down. I've been up and down, but. Um, it, it, it's definitely a roller coaster, man. You know what I mean? You're learning two different systems. Miles Simon, he's a, he's our G League coach. He's a great coach, but uh, he runs a different offensive offensive philosophy than, than Darvin Ham. So going back and forth is a little different, but it's, it's been a great experience so far. The Lakers have treated me great, and uh, I mean, you know how it is covering the Lakers, man. There's we've lost so many close games this year, so it's definitely been a roller coaster, but it's, it's been a great one. Yeah, it certainly has, and Lakers fans have lamented how many how many close games, unfortunately, have not gone their way. You mentioned that the South Bay Lakers have a different offensive system uh, than the Lakers. I didn't realize that was happening this this season. I in the past, I believe they've tried to mimic each other as much as you can mimic the system, so it would be a little bit easier as far as moving up and moving down. So that's been particularly difficult running a different system in the G League than what they're running uh, with the Lakers under Coach Ham. Yeah, I, I think the thing that makes it uh, different most of the time is that obviously you have those three superstars, those three anchors of, of your team, and Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. So they, they have their suggestions, these things, and, and, and that when, when on our G League team, we, we can run more offensive sets, if that makes sense, right? Because we, we, we don't have those those three that three-headed monster that, that we're going to in, in those late, late clock situations and everything like that. So I, I think in terms of being up the Lakers, I've learned a lot more about spacing, playing off those guys, being in the right spot at the right time, 
knowing when those guys are going to ISO, when, when I have to cut, when I have to get LeBron the ball, when, I, when AD wants his ISO here and there. So I think it's definitely a, it's a learning process playing with those three guys because they, they do have the ball in their hands a lot, deservedly so. When, when with South Bay, we're running a lot more sets. Um, and then and then we're, we're all like just, just young guys just trying to make it to the league. So it's, it's learning what, what you can get away with in the G League, what you can get away what you get away with in the NBA because those are two totally different uh, right. monsters in terms of size and athleticism. Now, what, I mean, what most fans, when they think of you, they think of the three-point shooting, right? I yeah. mean, we saw it during summer league. We've seen it during stretches here during the season. Is that is that a challenge? Like the shots coming from a, from a different spot, the timing being different, bouncing between the two teams, like in terms of, hey, this is when I need to get this shot off. This is where I'm going to look for, for this opportunity, things of that nature. Yeah, I would say the only thing that's, that, that I say, would say is difficult being a shooter is that in South Bay, I kind of get a, more of a rhythm, right? I'm playing 25 to 35 minutes. Um, I'm, I'm getting used to playing with these guys. And when I go up with the Lakers, I mean, I'm just, ready, I'm just getting ready for whenever my number's called. So I, I think that's been the most um, – I think that's the challenging part for any two-way in the NBA, not, not only just myself. I think Scotty goes through some of the same things. Is, yeah. Is uh, you just have to be ready when your number's called and try and do the best job that you can to help the team in any way, shape, or form. So, um, obviously, in summer league, I was able to get into a great rhythm playing the whole entire game, um, play, playing with the coaching staff that we have with the Lakers. Um, but in, ter in terms of just coming up with the Lakers, I, I just try and be ready. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot easier said than done because uh, you might only get three minutes there, three minutes here, three minutes here and there. Um, but you just got to be ready for those opportunities and prepare yourself to, like, like, any, any other game. So what's been the biggest challenge for you making the leap from, from college into the NBA? What's been the biggest challenge as far as adjusting and obviously the, you know, bouncing between the G league and, and the, the parent club, the Lakers, that's, that's a challenge in and of itself, but what, what's been the biggest adjustment overall? I think, I think the game's totally different than it is in college. Um, the spacing's different. The timing's different. I was talking to my friend the other day, he, he played at a small division one school and I was telling him, I was like, Hey, like, we scored 120 points the other night in the G League, but we took we also took 104 shots. Like they they scored 65 points and they took 54 shots. So it's like the game is just totally different. The amount of possessions you're getting, the shot clock, the spacing. Um, I, I think the the most difficult part for me is uh, just just learning how to how to guard, knowing that my my strength and weaknesses of, of my my speed, my lateral speed, and all these things. So um, I don't think that's a secret. I, I know I need to get better in that category. I think also just just learning how to play with those superstars. That that's that's definitely a, an adjustment uh, as well. So um, I, I I think I think just overall being the, the best one of the best players in your college team and, and then starting from the ground ground back up. I, I think it's been a great it's been a great transition for me. But obviously there's there's these difficulties and sitting out for ten weeks really hurt kind of hurt my my rhythm and timing and stuff like that as well. Right. Yeah, that that absolutely is going to is going to set you back uh, when you're looking at, at the Lakers right now. And I mean, there's obviously we've got the trade deadline coming up and we'll talk about that in, in a moment. But when you look at the Lakers right now, what most people say this team needs is is shooting. And that is certainly something that, that you provide. Like I said, that's the skill that most people think of when they think of you. Is that is that frustrating to any degree that, that you say, hey, I, I'm a shooter. I'm right here. <laughs> and 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 you haven't gotten quite the the number of opportunities that uh, that you would have hoped so far. I mean, it's not too frustrating for me. I, I know there's a plan. There's there's a there's mm -hmm. a method behind the madness. I believe in Coach Ham. I believe in Rob Palinka. I believe in the mission that, that they have. Um, 
obviously what I love what I love to be playing out there 20 to 25 minutes a game and shooting a bunch of shots yeah but at the same time I'm a rookie I'm new in this league there's been a, there's a lot of guys on our team that have youth who, who are playing in a lot of games who uh, we just signed like we just traded for Rui and um, Lonnie and, and Troy Brown all these guys who are uh, who, ha who have experience in the league who know what it is playing with like for example like uh, Troy played with Bradley Beal so he has an example of playing with a superstar so um, I think for me, it's, everyone has their own path. Everyone has their own race that they have to run. And uh, I'm just running. I'm, if that's playing the G League, that's great. If that's playing, like, I, I, obviously, playing with the parent club is, is my number one um, priority. My number one goal is, is what I've, I've always wanted to play in the NBA. But I think, I think my race is different. And, and you've seen a lot of these guys, especially these, um, these shooters in the NBA, uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, Max Struess, uh, uh, Joe Harris, uh, all these guys who were kind of similar, they played the G League their first year as well because they, they need to get adjusted from college. So uh, I think I'm just running my own race, and I believe in Coach Ham and Palinka and, and then putting me in a, in a uh, position to be successful. Well, that's absolutely a great way to, to look at, at the situation. Like you said, there's been a number of players who have come up through the G League. The G League has become, you know, over the – the, the years and years now that it's been in existence, it's all the way going back to the D-League, it's become now something that is is more and more of a, a legitimate feeder system straight into the NBA, and we're seeing more and more players get their opportunities through there and really hone their skills there. Uh, what What's it take for you to get to that next point? Like, what from, from where you're at right now, you're on a two-way contract. What do you see that you need to do in order to make that jump to, okay, I'm not a two-way player anymore. I'm an NBA contract guy, full contract. I'm up full-time with the Lakers, what what does it take to get from point A to point B? Well, I, I think first and foremost, is just kind of just getting on the floor and showing that I'm an NBA player, right? It's being able to make shots in those situations um, and, and showing that uh, I think I think the biggest um, question mark for me is just defensively, as it is for a lot of these, these yeah. shooters in the NBA that, that I just mentioned is, can he be on the floor defensively? And I, I think uh, the G League has been a really great situation for me because I've learned how to use my body, be more physical, um, Get, get in these situations where, where I'm uncomfortable guarding some of the best players on the other team in the G League who, who have a chance of making the NBA. Just putting myself in these uncomfortable situations and really thriving it with, without the pressure of, of playing with a LeBron or Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook and, and, and the whole entire world's watching, right, with playing with the Lakers, which we all know is every single day the Lakers are, are front, front news, uh, mm -hmm. fr front line news. So uh, I, I, think, I think for me it's just taking that next step. Obviously, I, I think – just, just learning the game as well. Like I said, the NBA game is totally different than the college game. So from the spacing to the defensive three seconds to the shot clock and everything like that, um, le learning learning those nuances, being in those game situations, and, and ultimately just capitalizing on those situations. I, I think every single player in the NBA has that breakthrough moment. And um, I, I think for me, it's just working and working and working. And once I get that moment, it's just taking advantage of it. And especially with that, that shooting ability, it's uh... – it certainly could come in, in bunches in any given moment if you're able to get on the floor and get up some shots. Speaking of which, it, we were talking about this last summer, about how you had this, you, you came into college and just you're digging through your stats, you came into college and you were an okay three-point shooter, but not, not this incredible marksman. And then you went through a couple of se seasons. The next thing you know, you're one of the best shooters in the country. What do you attribute that to? How, how did you make that leap and now it's translating to the professional level well i think i've always been a great shooter i uh coming out of high school i was rated the number one shooter in the country so i, I think going into college that the, the speed really picked up for me and, and i wasn't quite ready for the speed gotcha. um, i would shoot 85 out of 100 five, five days a week in 
in the hundred threes in, in college, you know what I mean? Like being my freshman year, and then I was shoot twenty eight percent from three. So, yeah, I th I think knowing knowing when to when to take the right shots, being disciplined in my shot, like because shooting in practice is totally different than shooting in a game. So I I think like the rhythm, like being able to play a lot, like the more and more comfortable you get, and the older that that you get, you kind of stick stick to your principles of shooting. So, um, like I said, I, I've always been a great shooter. That's something I pride myself on. Um, but it, it is work. It is getting in the gym extra. It is getting a certain amount of shots up. I, there was a great quote by J.J. Redick the other day. He was on the Knuckleheads podcast. He was just talking about his schedule that he had every single offseason. Like that's as a shooter, you need to be maniacal in, in how you attack your craft. It's 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 really like being not being the fastest guy, not being the most athletic guy. Like that's how I'm going to make my my money, my 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 career in the NBA. So what what can I do? to enhance that and what can I do to help other parts of my game to, to help show that, right? So I would just attribute those those progressions each and every year because I did shoot a better percentage each and every year of college just to the work and the experience. And it was more so, more than just you you switched up your shooting form or, or something like that. It was more just adjusting to the speed of the college game that allowed your percentages to steadily improve. That's what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. And just getting used to the rhythm. I think my last year at Syracuse, I mean, I've talked about this before. My last year at Syracuse, I started out like three for 25 from three. And it was my first time I was really playing a lot of minutes. I was averaging like 32 minutes a game in college um, my last year in Syracuse. And, and then I, I, as a shooter, you go through the ups and downs of shooting. In my freshman year, I didn't get that opportunity to, to kind of work through those misses. You know what I mean? I would go 0 for 2, 0 for 3, 1 for 4, and then I'll be out of the game. So I think the, 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 that last year, the year before that, I was able to work through those misses and, and, and kind of grind through the season and get up to the 40, 41%, 42% that naturally that what I am as a shooter. Well, now you've got this, you know, this reputation as a shooter, and I've got to ask you, so Lakers fans, and I know a lot of fans do this, but we do, we do this thing where guys get nicknames. Do you have a particular nickname that you prefer? I'm sure you've seen a few of them that, that have been out there. We've The ones that we've seen tossed around the most have been Cole Sniper and the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> do, 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 you, do you have a particular nickname that, that is like the official Cole Swider nickname? Man, I don't. I'm looking for one. Um, pe people like putting the, the three as the E in Swider. Yep. Mm -hmm. People like that as well. Um, in college, th there, was a, there was a radio show that, that – Name me as a uh, Cole Swagger, and then I like uh, it. Cole Swagger, and then um, every single time I hit a shot at Syracuse, they, they said, and and then that's another Swider Swish. So I, I I've had a I've had a bunch of different nicknames, but I mean uh, anything that has to involve a three or or, or swishing a shot, I, I like that nickname. All right, I like that the Swider Swish. You get a little alliteration going on there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> let's. Let's talk about the Lakers and where they're at right now. Obviously, I mean, it feels like the, the games are getting more and more important as we get later and later into the season. Um, Got to make that that push into the playoffs soon. What's the what's the feeling like just kind of a, around the team when you've been been up there with them? Um, still optimism? Is there any kind of nervousness that's seep, seeping in at this point? You know, the, the clock is certainly ticking to move up in the standings. Well, I think there's been a great amount of optimism. I think the way we started the season out, 2-10, and 10, I, I think – that that was a time where the team was, uh, well, like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think I think since then, if if you look at the team, what is that? Twenty one and seventeen since that market. We're twenty three and twenty seven right now. Uh, I think we've kind of we've kind of came into form. We've won a lot of games uh, without AD and without LeBron, and, and we've kind of came into this form. So I think I think right now it's just the end of the season push, just trying to trying to figure figure this out. And and when you look at the when you look at the games. 
we've competed with all the best teams and beaten the Nuggets and, and, and beaten some some really good teams in the NBA. So I, I think for us, it's all about just just taking that next step and, and winning some of these close games. Obviously, the other night in Boston was a tough one, and yeah. Mavericks and the Sixers and 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 Charlotte and before before Christmas and all and all these close games. The Pacers and Nemhar hits a three. So I, I think when when you look at when you look at our season in the entirety, we, we've played some pretty good basketball, um, and now it's just just. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. LeBron talked about at the beginning of the season, like we haven't had a consistent line of finishing games. And some yeah. teams have closing lineups and some teams have different ways to finish games and they know which guy's going to do what in these situations. I think we've kind of, I think we're starting to find, find that unit. At least we're getting closer to it. And I think now with AD back is now is the, the mindset is just the end of the year push. What's your take on that, that Boston game? The end, I mean, Lakers fans are still irate over what happened. They're clearly a mistake by the official to not call the foul there on, on Tatum on uh, LeBron's drive. What, what's your take on that situation and, and how do you, like overcoming that is not is not easy mentally to get past that as you have to slide into overtime right after that play. Um, what what were your thoughts on that situation? Well, I think it's, it's, it's been a buildup of of all these games just coming down to the wire. You know what I mean? Yeah. You talk about the Mavericks game losing in overtime and, and the and the referees come out and say that was a foul and Kendrick Nunn getting fouled at the end of the game against Sacramento. Oh, yeah. that's a foul and. Russell Westbrook getting grabbed on the wrist against Philly. Oh, that's a like. I, I think it's, it's, it's been a buildup of, of all these close losses, and clearly it was a foul. And the NBA came out and said it was a foul uh, at the end of the Celtics game. But I think for LeBron, he's been the most. He's probably one of the most composed superstars has ever been, and the amount of scrutiny that he gets, uh, and and for him not to lash out ever like that, I think it just shows the, the amount of frustration that we've had in these close losses because we've had so many of those losses, and and the feeling in the locker room every single time is just. Wow, because you play well, you play really well against a championship team, and we had two games against Boston like this we, that we lost. So you play really well against a championship team, you, you do everything you can to put yourself in a position to win, then, then you lose those close games. I, I think it's, I think it's been tough, and, and um, I think that's why you kind of saw the reaction that you saw. And obviously, even if it was if if it was a one-off, you might have saw that reaction, but it's, it's been the entirety of the season that kind of led into that reaction, in my opinion. Yeah, that, that's what it, I've seen LeBron taking flack of, you know, for uh, for people about how he reacted, how he responded in that situation. But again, that wasn't it wasn't just the one moment. It was the accumulation of now multiple times where we've seen that or something similar to that take place. I think it was that frustration that was coming out at that time. Um, cool. Let's we've got the trade deadline coming up on February 9th. Uh, this is your first time going through the trade deadline is 
has that been something that's been on your mind at all? What's been your experience like? This is, I mean, news and rumors start going crazy and they're only going to get crazier as we get closer and closer to that date. Um, how has it been so far for you? Yeah, I mean, I really put much thought into it. Obviously, being in my situation, uh, you can't get traded being in two-way. Obviously, if, if they were to convert me and, and, and trade me in that aspect, that's different. But um, I, I think I think the toughest part is you create relationships with a lot of these guys on the team and, yeah. and and they could be gone, right? So, and that's something you don't have to deal with in college, right? So, like, in college, you don't have to deal with getting, potentially getting released or potentially getting traded. So, I think that's that's kind of the adjustment that that I made. I mean, I was really good friends with Ken, Kendrick Nunn. He, he was great to me, kind of being, like, that that veteran voice for me. He was there all fall working out with us. He was there, obviously, training camp. And he was, sometimes he was playing the low-minute runs with us and everything like that. So, I got kind of got close to Kendrick Nunn and then, he leaves and then Rui comes in. Rui's a great addition as well. He's a great guy. So um, I, I think it's tough because you do create those relationships and those are actual human relationships that you create. But at the end of the day, you have to realize when you get into the NBA, it is a business. And um, the, the ultimate goal for our team and for all teams around the league is to end up winning a championship. And if that's what the organization thinks is going to help us get close to that goal, I mean, you have to kind of fall, fall in line with, with what the organization feels in, that, in those moments. Do you have a, a veteran on the team? We hear all the time about rookie players who come in and they've got their their one guy that they're kind of attached to on the team that becomes mm-hmm. their kind of mentor for the for the season. Do you have that on on this team? Um, I, I wouldn't say one in particular guy. Uh, I, I think a lot of these these young guys who spend a lot of time together in, in August and September working out together from, from Thomas Bryant to Austin Reeves to Lonnie to Troy. Um, and then when we got into training camp, Russ, Braun, and AD have all been been great to us. You know what I mean? Be, um, talking to us, ma- making sure that we, we feel good. I, I, I had a quote on my last podcast that um, when I had Max on, we were playing against the Mavericks. I let up a three against Luka. Um, Max kind of let up the same exact three to Luka like four or five plays later. And uh, LeBron could have yelled at us and, 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 be, and been really upset and, 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 be, and like, screw these guys. Like, these guys don't – don't want to play but he was like no like rookie you guys are playing like very hard you guys are playing hard as shit that's what he said you guys are playing hard as shit you guys got to know the scouting report so like he he's keeping us involved you know what i mean he, he believes in us to of like my, my dad always said if a coach is getting on you that means he cares about you and yeah. he believes in you and, and lebron kind of just kept us engaged because if if he didn't think that we were capable or if he didn't think we were good enough then, then he he was just like all right darn get him out get him out of the game like we don't need these guys, but uh, he's, he's been great in that aspect. And AD has been unbelievable to, to me and Scotty, especially just, I mean, especially when he was hurt and when we were on the sideline, we're, we're going up to him and asking him questions. What do you see? What, what do you think we should be doing? And, and he's always there for us and, and, and making sure that, that, that if we get an opportunity that we're prepared. Well, that, that's great to hear. Great to hear, of course. And, and you're right. If, if, you know, if LeBron was saying nothing, that's that's more of a problem. If he's getting on you and saying, hey, here's what you need to do. Here's where you need to correct things and all that. That's a good thing because that means he's got that investment into you. So that's a great sign. Um, so tell me about the the show, the Cole Swider show, the, your, your podcast. What what created that? How did that come about? What's what's going on with, with that? What's the story? Yeah, so uh, in college, me, me uh, my friend Patty, who's my co-host, and another one of our teammates, Jimmy Beheim. We had this running joke that we were going to start a podcast. Um, basically, it, it was just the we, we had a group chat that was like podcast question mark. We were just we talked about names. We talked about just different things we would talk about. We talked about potential guests that we would have on. And then uh, Jimmy actually is overseas in uh, Czech Republic now, playing playing overseas. So it, it kind of 
kind of put a wrench in that idea. So I was sitting in my apartment in, in, in August. At, I worked out from like 8 to 2 p.m. And it was like my second week, uh, 8 a.m. to like 2 p.m. I was in the gym with the Lakers and getting massages and doing everything I could just to like pass the time. And then from 2 p.m. to like midnight, I was just sitting there by myself. I mean, I would go out to dinner some nights, and but I was just like really bored. So I, uh, I called Patty one day. I was like, hey, Patty, you have time to talk? And uh, he was like, yeah, I was like, Yo, you want to do this podcast thing because like it would be so, it, would, it would be great to have something else besides just basketball that I could focus yeah. on, right? Um, as you know, the emotions of a season, the ups and downs, and everything like that. It's it for me. I I, I take it. I take it per, like sometimes I take it personal. It's something I'm working on, but this podcast kind of gives me like an outlet to to talk to my friends, to talk to different people, to to meet, to have relationships, and um, and and, and kind of grow in the game of basketball outside of just playing. So, um. I, I want to be a sports broadcaster after I'm done playing. If I don't get into coaching, um, so so that, that that was obviously a thing. I, I majored in uh, communications at Syracuse, which is obviously known as being a really good communication school. Um, so yeah, he, he reached out to a, a person that he knew at Syracuse to produce the show. We started producing the show just just out of, just just for fun. We 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 uh, interviewed uh, Buddy Bayheim, who was one of my teammates at Syracuse. Colin Gillespie, Scotty Pippen, Austin Reeves, and uh, and after that, we got we, they, uh, Blue Wire reached out to us to potentially partner with us and, and sponsor our show. So it, it's been a good ride. We've had some great conversations. Um, and honestly, it's just, just a, like a little hobby I have on the side. Um, and yeah, P Patty's been great. Uh, we, our producer, Adam Lewis, who's a Syracuse, uh, Syracuse student in Newhouse, which is the, probably the number one, uh, I, don't know, I don't know where you went, but probably the number one uh, communication school in the country. So um, it, it's been a great experience so far. We've had a lot of great conversations and we're just continuing to grow it. Well, awesome. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And I can tell you this from myself, you know, I mean, doing this for, for a while, it's so, it's so addicting, isn't it? Like once you get a, once you get a show out and you start rolling and you get into a rhythm, it's like, man, you just start thinking, when can I do my next show? This is good. It's, it's a lot of fun getting, getting to do this. And I'm glad you've got that outlet and that other thing that you get to talk about because like you said, it can be therapeutic. I certainly find that too. By the end of our post game shows, if the Lakers lose, I feel better after having talked through it as well. So I'm right there with you. Uh, well, Hey, congrats on, on the show and all the success you've had. Um, I know I, I'm going to be on your show shortly. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to do that. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, you know, you're on network with us with, uh, with blue wire, who I can't say enough great things about. So, so welcome there and uh, congratulations on all the success you've had on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on the podcast and uh, we're excited to get, get you on the show very soon. All right. Well, that sounds sounds great. And Cole, thank you so much for coming on, on this show. It was great chatting with you. All right, everybody, make sure you are subscribing right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, as well as the Lakers Nation podcast feed over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Also, go check out the Cole Swider Show, which you can find anywhere you get podcasts as well, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.